0: What's up everybody, this is Jonathan Evans. I'm glad that we're back on the podcast. I'm thankful to have the opportunity just to share some thoughts uh, with you guys from my own Bible studies. We're just basically having devotion Together for anybody new, that's what we do. So, just taking these next um, eight to ten minutes just to give you a power punch from the things that God has been teaching me. And we've been talking about the power of one, studying Ephesians 4, just the two verses five and six. I kind of went backwards and started with six because we said we have one Lord. And Paul is talking about unity, how we're united around these concepts of one. Uh, That are a reality in our life. One Lord, one faith. Then it says one baptism, one God and Father. Then you have one body in verse chapter five, one spirit, one hope, one calling. And so there's all these ones that are tied into these verses. And the last one that I talked about was one body. And right after one body, he says you have one spirit, Uh, the spirit of God, that when you accept Jesus Christ, Based on Ephesians 1.13, you receive the spirit. Um, you are sealed by the spirit. And uh, the word sealed there is very important because once you're sealed by God, you cannot be unsealed. The Bible says um, uh, that we are uh, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because once you receive Jesus Christ, you or you accept Jesus Christ in your life, you receive the spirit. So Paul is saying there is one spirit that unites us that is a part of the body. Um, which is our individual's bodies, but also our collective body, because Paul's talking about unity as Christians. And so there is this one spirit. Now, if you notice in these two verses, you have one spirit, one Lord, one God and father. So the Trinity is mentioned in these two verses uh, that you see. It's important to know who we serve as God. We have one God who is simultaneously three distinct co-equal persons. Okay. That's, that's the God that we serve. That's the God of Christianity is one God who is three distinct co-equal persons. And so you may be saying, well, isn't that three gods? No, it's not three gods. I want to make sure we're, we're, we're okay on this podcast. I want to make sure you understand that we serve one God who is three distinct co-equal persons. And I know what you're saying. Well, that kind of doesn't make sense. Well, Put it to you this way. We're created in God's image. That's why um, we have a spirit, soul, and body. So even though you have a spirit, the spirit is not the soul and the soul is not the spirit. They're, They're two distinct things. And even though those two things are also connected to a body and the body is not the soul or the spirit, those are three distinct components of your one person. So you are one person who is made up of three distinct components of who you are. Or when you talk about a marriage, uh, a man and a woman goes before uh, the altar and they covenant with God. And so really the reality is, is it's man, woman and God that makes up the marriage. A lot of people haven't really thought of it that way. Way And so really, they covenant at a church before God and bring him into the marriage at the altar, but then leave God at the altar when they go on the honeymoon. And that's when things break down, because if it's not the three who comprise the one, then you don't have the one that makes up your marriage, which means your marriage is moving on incomplete. And that's why a lot of marriages today fall apart, because they're not a true representation of who God is. He is God in three persons. And so it's important to understand that even though you have one marriage or you're one person, there are three components that are distinct that make up the one thing that is God. God is one God who is three distinct co-equal persons. It's important to know that why? Because if you don't know who God is, you don't know how to relate to him. And without knowing how to relate to him, you can't get a full experience of who he is. So what Paul is saying, we've already talked about one Lord allowing Jesus Christ to not only deliver you, but also be your boss. We talked about God and father, understanding the experience of Elohim, who has the power to create ex nihilo or from nothing, but wants to be your father right down here in your life. But now he's saying you have one spirit. What is the spirit's job? The Lord is to be your boss. The, the, the God is so that you can experience his power, but you can also experience him as your father. But what is your experience supposed to be with the spirit? John 16, 13 says Jesus was talking to his disciples. He's letting them know that he's about to leave and uh, he's going to be crucified. Then he's going to ascend. You know, he won't be with them long, but they're going to have someone, the spirit, who will lead them and guide them in all truth. The spirit's job is to lead you and guide you in truth. Once you accept Jesus Christ, you are sealed by the spirit, the spirit who is in you, okay, who has awakened your spirit. In other words, your spirit and the the spirit of God have 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 had this union that has occurred at the point in which you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And now that spirit's job is to lead you and guide you in truth. The question is, what is the truth? Well, the truth is Jesus Christ. Well, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, who is the word? Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So we know that the spirit's job is to glorify the truth, which is the Son. So when the Spirit is leading you and guiding you in truth, he's not leading you and guiding you in your truth. He's not leading you and guiding you in some other random truth that's out there or some other theory that someone has. When the Spirit of God is leading you and guiding you, he's leading you and guiding you in Jesus Christ. He's leading you and guiding you in the word of God, who is Jesus Christ, which is the truth. So anything in you that's taking you away from the word of God. You can't blame on the spirit of God because the spirit of God has a job and that is to lead you and guide you in truth. How does he do that? Well, again, I said that it, he's, there's a union that has occurred at the point in which you accepted Jesus Christ and point in which I accepted Jesus Christ that awakens our spirit to holiness and righteousness. And so what the spirit does is he gives you a, An injection in your conscience of truth to awaken you to the reality of how you should be living, to awaken you to the reality and make you live again to righteousness and holiness when you're going in a direction that is the opposite of righteousness and holiness. I don't know uh, if you've watched TV shows or doctor shows and you kind of see uh, like when someone maybe dies on the table um, and they, they'll get this big syringe and they'll give them an, an injection like in their heart with a big needle of adrenaline and that adrenaline is supposed to go in there and and make their heart start beeping again and maybe wake them up uh, from, from being um, uh, laid out and not unresponsive basically. And so they give them that injection, and the person pops up from the table because they've gotten this injection of adrenaline. Well, the spirit does the same thing for us. So a lot of us sometimes start sleeping spiritually and biblically. Um, We're unconscious a lot of times to the way that we should be living because of our past, because the fact that we still live in our flesh. Well, the spirit's job is to give you a shot of righteousness or a shot of holiness or a shot of biblical reality to awaken you to what you should be doing and living based on God's word. Okay? And so when you feel that push and that prod internally, no, that's not the direction. No, that's not how you should be living. Mm, probably shouldn't go over there. And that push and prod that you feel in your decision making that's different than you used to feel in your past decision-making is because now you have the spirit that you used to not have prior to you being saved. So understand Paul is trying to get us to understand how to focus on as Christians, this one spirit who has this job of leading us and guiding us in truth. This is one of the ways I would say that you, you, you have, you know that you're saved because if you can live any old kind of way and live any old kind of life, And there is nothing in you that pricks you to holiness, righteousness, uh, living uh, as an example or a replica of Jesus Christ. Then I would say that you have to question your salvation because at the moment of your salvation, you have received the spirit and the spirit's job is to lead you and guide you in everything that is Jesus Christ. And so if that's not taking place, even at a small level, then you need to question whether you have the spirit which is salvation, uh, which is basically the, the ring of the marriage. Okay. It, it, it lets you know that that that's what I really have. I really have the saving work of Jesus Christ in my life. And that's what the spirit does. How do you follow the spirit? I like to make it simple. You just dance to the music. Um, uh, in one of our chapel services, Uh, when I do the the, the, the Cowboys uh, chapel service, I talked about the concept of dancing to the music. And I played a song that they really like in the locker room, like before the game. And again, it's not a song conducive for chapel now. I played one of those songs, you know, that that's not conducive for chapel. So I had to go find the edited version. Okay, of this song, because I wanted them to see if they I wanted to see if they would dance to that music in chapel. So I played this song uh, that they really like because I'm in the locker room. So I know what they like. And I played it. And I said, guys, just dance to the music. You hear it. Just dance. But there was a problem. Nobody was really dancing. Everybody was looking around. They were laughing because they were kind of like feeling uncomfortable about why I was playing this secular song in this um, righteous environment, if you will. So they wouldn't dance. I said, guys, you hear the music. Why won't you dance? And they said, Jonathan, we're in church. I said, ah, so you mean to tell me basically that the location where you are has more authority than what you hear. And when what you hear is contradictory to the location where you are, you'll choose the location where you are over the music that you hear. And I told him, I said, when the spirit of God plays the music of truth in your conscience and in your soul, it will normally happen in contradictory locations because it's trying to pull you back to the truth from living a lifestyle that's unbiblical or untrue. The problem is that most people choose their location, lifestyle, circumstances, or what they're going through over the music that they hear. But They know it's the jam because you'll hear people say, I know I should live that way. I know I should be that way. I know I should be this type of man or this type of woman. I know that's the direction I should go. So you know that that music of truth that's being played in your soul is your jam. The problem is we're too used to choosing our location over just dancing to the music that we hear when it's contradictory. The spirit of God will always be in conflict with your flesh and your surroundings that are contradictory to biblical living. And when you hear that music of truth being played in your soul and you know it's your jam, my encouragement to you with this one spirit is just dance to the music. Because when you dance to the music, you'll realize that that is walking in the spirit. And now You are no longer carrying out the desires of the flesh, Galatians 5.16. I don't have any more time. If you remember anything, just dance to the music and be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord, and know that if you follow that spirit and you dance to that music, it will never go in vain. I'm Jonathan Evans. Thanks for hanging out with me. I hope that blessed you. Till next time.